This episode is brought to you by LSW London, whose mission is to create beautiful, effective products to help people live their most authentic, fulfilled lives. As Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. If we repeatedly do things which make us happy, what could that lead to? All of their products are designed with this in mind, to help people live with intention, creating healthy habits each day, which positively impact mental health, well-being and self-care. So let's start with their mind cards. These are a gorgeous little bundle of mixed cards where you select a card at random and take the action stated on it. There are different versions for kids or new mums, for example, and just wouldn't that make such a special gift? Well, you know I love to self-gift. And these mind cards are perfect for building the habit of making positive choices each day to help you lead a more fulfilling and happy life. Whether it's to express gratitude, reflect on a thought or a prompt to get you to spend more time journaling. Well, speaking of journals, LSW London are stunning their mind notes one is a six month undated daily well-being journal but they also have a morning notes version which is specifically for use in the morning to help you start each day with a positive mindset and to encourage you to identify obstacles which you can utilize in a way that benefits you Best of all, they're a small female-owned business. Lily has used her expertise as a therapist to create all of these fantastic well-being tools so that they're easy and accessible to everyone all around the world. So use code BOOKRECOS for 20% off everything at www.lswmindcards.com for great quality, beautiful mindfulness products. Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. May has been so great and now it's time for our monthly wrap up of what we've been reading, events we've been to and just general nattering. And we're so excited to chat about Pandora's books choice for May in today's episode if you'd like to subscribe then use code recos10 r-e-c-c-o-s-1-0 for 10% off at pandorasbooks.co.uk lauren how are you i'm very well jessica the sun is shining and yeah just feeling great how are you the sun is shining, but recently, recently I've been invited to two barbecues and on those mm. days it's been pissing it down with rain and every other day it's been sunny. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the luck of the draw and living in the UK, isn't it? Got a nice coffee today. Feeling great. Lovely. Yeah, mm. no, I'm, I'm good. Work is finally quietening down a bit in time oh. for my holiday. Oh, and I realised this, this episode goes out on my birthday, which is fucking nuts that my birthday has already come around. I know, we're already halfway through the year. Absolutely mental mental um so yeah you'll be no you won't be sunning it up just yet when this episode goes live a little bit what you've got you might you might be in the uk you never know i'm sure it'll be one of the rainy days (laughs) i've got one more week until my work quietens down i cannot wait it's dreaming like crawling to the finish line now I'm out the other side I'm like oh yeah (laughs) come over it's great the water's (laughs) lovely um so yeah we've had a really good week actually haven't we we went to another bookish event last week we were invited by the lovely Kate Maxwell who we interviewed in um our episode a couple of weeks ago on her debut novel Hush 
which is brilliant. So if you haven't listened to that episode already, go and give it a listen. Buy her book if you haven't already. And it was just so nice of her to to think of us and invite her to the launch party. And she thanked us by name in her speech, which oh my god, my heart. Yeah, we didn't think <laughs> we didn't meant, we haven't spoken about that. No, that was so, cute. so so lovely. Um, there's another thing that happened at this event, and I, I totally I don't know whether I should say it or With, not. I now you've done this. I'm I'm, I'm in too deep. I can't. Okay, not. okay. I think we should. So, so <laughs> we all know that I love. Sophie Kinsella. We've mentioned her a few times, um, mostly in our episode that's called The Books That Defined Our Teens. She kept me reading with that Shopaholic series and all her other books. And I just adore her. And we're at this book event. It is a book event. And I go, oh my God, Lauren, that woman looks really familiar. And then like, and I was like, oh my God, I thought she was familiar too. And then like five, somebody. Yeah. And like five minutes later, I was like, oh my god she she looks like Sophie Kinsella so I was like let's just google this because at this point I'm like losing my mind google it picture of Sophie Kinsella pops up I'm like fuck that's fucking her that is her oh my fucking god I am dying I'm saying to Lauren like I don't know what to do with myself and like also too scared just in case like there's this like really small chance that it is not her I'm I'm I remember I said to you look let's just let's just let's just do it so being the good friend that I am that I am <laughs> she walked past us and, and I grabbed her arm and I was like I, I just grabbed her to... <laughs> I, I I I held her arm <laughs> and I said I just wanted to say we really love your books and she looked at me like I had three heads and said in this accent sorry and then you know when you're in too deep and you're like fuck so I just said so I just asked her if her name was Sophie and it wasn't Lauren you dealt with it very well and like then we just sort of swerved the conversation yeah I actually cannot believe that I was like maybe it's not her googled a picture was like it's obviously her like this woman looks more like Sophie Kinsella than Mary Kate looks like Ashley I actually cannot believe how like they were like absolutely mortifying no you're twins but you're right you're right I think I managed to swerve it quite well because I can't remember what we got on we just chatted to, about books. but we were just chatting uh it, it was a little bit awkward I won't lie um however I did think the other day what if all of that was just a massive ploy she was like I can't be fucking asked to be mm-hmm. you know, at a book event and you know everybody like be fanning fangirling after me it's not about me so maybe it was her and she was just lying this track her accent was a little bit suspicious this tracks because they were the same person like they obviously were. I've never seen someone look so much like someone else in my life we imagine it. if <laughs> Sophie Kinsella wasn't aware that she's got like this long lost twin who lives in Italy. It's, pa- it's parent trap. It's parent trap. And you know, it could be really good material for her next book. I think she should explore it. Oh my God. I think we should just slide into her DMs and be like, mm-hmm. just, just see, so you no. Know, we met look- you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your name got dropped on the pod <laughs> this week. I think you should give it a listen because it's great material for your next book. <laughs> It was so fucking embarrassing. It was honestly mortifying. I'm so glad no one else was listening. Oh my God, imagine. Uh, I would have died. 
honestly, she looks so. I wish we'd taken a picture of that woman so we could like put on stories how I like. <laughs> but I can basically just Google a picture of Sophie Contella and be like, this like, is what she, she looked like. This, this is what she looked like. Um, oh, God, mortifying. Anywho, we need to move on because this secondhand embarrassment is is killing me. Mm-hmm. Um, what book should we chat about first? Because there's a few I, to discuss. There is. And I think we should dive into Empire of Pain because it's our buddy read. All right. Um, so this is the nonfiction book that Pandora Sykes chose for her Pandora's Books Choice for May. Um, and because I've been I've been consuming it this last week and all that additional content, I am ready to discuss. Me too. Um, so we mentioned in last week's episode, actually, that this book, Empire of Pain, it's an exploration of the Sackler family. You might recognise their name. Their name is literally on like every art gallery and building in both the UK and the States. They fund a huge amount of the art scene in the UK. But not as well known is the part they played in America's opioid crisis um, through their development and marketing of OxyContin. So in this book, we meet three generations of the Sackler family. Um, like Jess said, it's nonfiction. It's written by um, Patrick Radden Keefe. Thank you. Um, and he's also an investigative journalist who has really dedicated lots of his career, a huge amount of his career to trying to uncover and expose the family. Um, and so the first are three brothers who set up multiple companies in pharmaceutical mar- marketing and they just become very, very successful. Yeah. Um, like the, the first generation of Sacklers that I talked about in the book, like I was rooting for them because of their drive <laughs> and their ambition. And at that point, they, they weren't doing anything. Yeah. But it was also pretty murky. And I didn't really realize that not only are they drug manufacturers, they then also have a separate marketing company. And then they started a medical publication to promote it there. So it's like they laid the foundations, didn't they? Yeah. And like you'd read a medical journal being like, oh, this is an unbiased opinion, but actually they own that too. And then the book reveals they actually had a stake in their competitor's company as well. Because obviously they can't just own the whole market. So there yeah. has to be a competitor that does different drugs. And they were fucking financially involved in that as well. Honestly, it is absolutely crazy. And like their worth, their accumulative worth, they're worth like tens of billions of pounds as a right, family. Have I, told you, have I told you my fact about billions? I think you have, but I can't remember it. I'm going to tell you again. And I haven't got it completely sorted, but basically... If you put millions and billions into time, yeah, a million would be three days. I, I can't remember if it's time, if, if it's like seconds or minutes. I don't think it matters for the context <laughs> of this. Yeah. Three days is a million. A billion, 30 years. Fuck. That is the difference between a million and a billion. But that's oh, only one mess. billion. These right? this family is worth <laughs> tens of billions. Mental. Um, can I tell you my fact? Actually, I've just been finding it on my phone. I've already Please. told you, but I'm going to tell you again. Okay. Um, for perspective, if you somehow made $200,000 every single day from Columbus Landing in 1492 until today, you still wouldn't have the $44 billion to buy Twitter. 
that's pretty gross, isn't it? It's pretty fucking gross. Anyways, we digress. We, we um, digress. <laughs> but it all gives context to the Sackler family. A quick anyway. maths lesson for everybody, just putting <laughs> into perspective um, the disgusting amount of wealth this family have. Um, so, yeah, it was just really interesting. And like I said, they start donating, you know, they've, they've got a huge amount of wealth. And they do like this massive PR stunt well PR um campaign for their family because like Jess said they're they're diverse they're um, investing in marketing and pharmaceutical companies but that's all sort of under the radar stuff that they're doing but they're not really talking about the side of things that they are talking about is they're donating to museums and galleries um and universities so the Sackler name is literally everywhere and you know, it's one of those things where you, when once you start recognizing it, you see it everywhere. Like the VA, the National Gallery in the UK, is it? Well, um, and the the room that they have the Met Gala dinner in is like the Sackler Wing. It, it's it's mad, yeah. but um, so yeah, they just did this really smart, <laughs> quite corrupt job of being this family that you really associate with like the art scene but actually it's all funded by the pharmaceutical company but that's the side of you know their family they want you to see so it's almost like look over here and they distract you from what they're actually doing Um, and in Pandora's discussion with the author they discuss how this philanthropy was a way of just changing the subject really Um, so then that's the first generation of the Sackler family and then you've got the second generation of the Sacklers who stepped into this wealth so they sort of inherited it um, but were still to, to keen to uphold the family name and keep the company thriving and this is when they create OxyContin. Yeah and I didn't know that uh, that much about OxyContin before I went into this book so I'll just like give a very brief download of what it is in case there's other people are the same and very helpful so thank you. Promoted as pain relief that lasts up to 12 hours, which makes it very attractive to people that are in pain because it's not like you have to wake up in the middle of the night to take it. You can take it for bed and it will see you through. But that's not quite true. And actually, it would only last Mm. until like nine or 10 hours, meaning people were starting to take their next dose earlier because they were in pain. So essentially like low level overdosing over time. Um, And that's how you get addictive. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and what I also didn't realize is um, like, I didn't know quite how it was linked to drug abuse, apart from maybe taking more of it than you should. But actually people were peeling off the coat, like they were called peelers yeah. and people were peeling off the coating. And like, you know, for example, when you take like paracetamol and it's like red yeah. on one half and yellow on the other, that coating means that when you take it, like the drugs have a slow release into your system. But with these, they were taking them off and then yeah. inhaling, snorting, whatever they were doing with the insides and what is inside is basically like heroin and it's absolutely nuts (laughs) it's just nuts that a it was fda approved which is a fucking joke because they were essentially just paying the fda which are you know like you can't make a drug in the u.s without being fda approved but they you know had basically just hired so many people to work for the FDA or promise them a job later down the line so that they'd go in, give it the medical approval, and then they'd go and, um, you know, get a job or get a donation later down the line from the Sackler family. 
And um, it says like, the bottle says how harmful it can be if the coating is removed, which is basically just like instructing people on how to take it harmfully. And they have proved it more than once. Like it's, I mean, I know we live in the UK, but the opioid crisis in America is, it's like out of control. And it costs- in the discussion, like, yes, it is really bad for you, but there are people that really benefited from it, like, and it did put them out of pain, like it does work. And that's why it kept getting approved. Exactly. But it, it but it, the abuse was when doctors were, you know, giving it for minor pains. Yeah. And actually that's, so it, it was effective for the people that were in pain and, you know, they, they they said in the discussion um in the video that there were people that did get addicted after 14 days when they were spo- when it was supposed to be a non-addictive drug but mm. in their marketing they targeted states where there were lots of people working in manual labor job roles who were more likely to be in pain and i guess when your pain is so severe and you find something that helps it must be so easy to get reliant yeah. on it and then addicted and so there are oxycontin is still available today like there are people mm. that take it for pain and don't get addicted to it they don't abuse it so that's why I guess it kept getting approved but because of this fucking bottle that tells you not to not to peel it um and people then read that and do it and I guess because it doesn't last 12 hours yeah one thing leads to another I know and then you get on the you have to go like maybe your prescription ends and you're like right I need I have to get more of this yeah go on the black market where people are selling it for like $80 a pill or whatever it was I can't quite remember the exact number yeah and like some doctors who were a little bit immoral were very immoral would you know just giving out prescriptions on the black market like you say um I found the third generation of the Sacklers really interesting um because they, they're the generation where they've reached the point that OxyContin has been in the market for many years now. I think, did it come in in like the early 70s? Can't remember. No, I don't think it was, it was more like the 90s, I think, when it came in. Um, but yeah, so the, the opioid crisis by the point of their generation is already, it's rife and people are blaming the settlers, but they still deny that it's the family's fault. And I really enjoyed Pandora's discussion about Madeline. Um, The good thing about Pandora's subscription, I think, is that you can opt to buy the book yourself and then just pay £10 for the videos, interviews as well, um, because they're like an hour's chat and they're just so interesting, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Like, let's not have our too much of a chat about this because really you should go and watch Pandora interview the author um but like the chat gave me so much more to think about and she was able to ask him about his investigation and who he interviewed and who he didn't and how the Sacklers actually tried to shut him down and yeah it it added so much more to the book for me and it's a book I probably wouldn't have picked up even though it's a topic I was interested in so without that subscription we wouldn't have come across this book maybe yeah absolutely um, so if you do want to join in the fun, and we highly recommend that you do, then subscribe at pandorasbooks.co.uk and use code RECOS10 for 10% off, R-E-C-C-O-S-1-0.
Right. Next book. Lauren, you're up. What did you love this month? Um, I loved many books this month, but one that we haven't discussed on the pod yet is I read Viola Davis's memoir called Finding Me. Um, I am a huge fan of hers. I loved her in House Get Away with Murder. Uh, She was in The Help. She was in Fences and so many other incredible Hollywood blockbusters. And I was on the fence (laughs) about buying it. Thanks. See what I did there? Um, Until I watched her interview with Oprah on Netflix. And I literally like three to five minutes into that discussion, I'd already purchased the book and, and then continued to listen, watch the interview. I am excited to hear you talk about this one because I saw your review and was like, mm, okay. Um, did you know that she is playing Michelle Obama in a new, I think it's a drama, not a film. I can't remember. Oh, is it? Um, and it's about like three first ladies. And it also has <gasps> Michelle Pfeiffer and Gillian Anderson in it. And they, oh they each play God. a first lady. I'm fucking buzzing. I can't wait. She's honestly just so cool. <laughs> She's so cool. Um, and hands down, it's one of the best memor- memoirs I've ever read. She's had the most interesting life, um, but it's also been a like She's had a very difficult life, to say the least. And even in her interview with Oprah, Oprah said, you know, I grew up poor, but you grew up po as in like you literally grew up with nothing because she did like she describes her childhood and her and her siblings lived in this flat that very rarely had electricity didn't have um running water at times the the toilet didn't flush they'd have to manually um flush their toilet and you know she because of that, she grew up, well, she grew up in poverty, never really knew when they were going to next eat and yeah. couldn't like wash her clothes. So she described how like the lack of hygiene um, affected her upbringing. She smelt, she'd be in school and, you know, she'd like reek of BO. She didn't even, uh, because of like the environment she grew up in, like her parents you know, they were struggling. They didn't have the time really to teach her about hygiene. So, you know, she says she wet the bed until the age of 14. And that with the mixture of like not having, not having the facilities to wash their own clothes. She was like, I I actually like stank for the majority of my life uh, as growing up. Um, Yeah, she described how like there were rats regularly, like running over in the night. Oh my God, Um, that is like my... I know and she like describes a memory of like one of the rats like clawing away at her dolls while she slept like eating the face of her dolls like she honestly grew up in severe poverty and those I would say there are some trigger warnings around um um she was sexually molested she doesn't go into too much detail um but you know just just to make you aware of that um but that said she had she many people in her situation would have just been resigned to that situation and 
understandably so, but she remembers from a very young age thinking, I want more than this and I don't want the life that my parents had. So that sort of gave her the oomph to really try and make something of herself. And she actually, she said she really wanted to be an actor and it was like how she felt you know, it was like therapy for her because she could just be these other people. And it was a way for her to release feelings that she didn't otherwise know how to express, which I thought was so interesting. Um, But she also knew that making it in the industry was very, you know, not an easy thing to do and very uncommon. So for the, she she actually, when she went to college, she didn't study acting Um, but then she was miserable so her sister finally said to her like you just need to go you need to switch you need to do what you love so she took the chance and she didn't actually make it as quote-unquote successful in the industry until she was like in her mid to late 30s um so yeah it was honestly I could rant on about it all day it was (laughs) so interesting to hear about how she got to where she is in her career Amazing. No, that sounds incredible. And you actually started that off by saying one of the best memoirs. And mm. correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think both of us, like in our like best memoirs of all time, we yeah. both loved Becoming by Michelle Obama yeah. and Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. Very Ooh. different books. I- <laughs> and is this like, is it? I, I is think it I'll do a same level. Is it- so, you know, you get like one, two, and three. Hit me. I'm going to go gold for michelle obama okay i'm gonna go silver for viola davis and i'm gonna go bronze for dolly alderton very good Everything very I good about love um this is actually weaved in so perfectly because <laughs> they just released the like full trailer for the tv adaptation of everything oh, i know about love my god 7th of june it comes out it's the day of the holiday june. so something to look forward to yeah wonderful wonderful um and i can't fucking wait I can't wait either. I know it's a bit of a sidetrack, but I'm also watching conversations with friends on Netflix at the moment. It's not a memoir, but I play her. Yeah. I've started it as well. And I and I still haven't read the book. And I was like, I vowed to read it first. And I was like, oh, like I just actually need to put something on in the background. So I did that. Yeah. I'm not loving it, I won't lie. No. No, it's it's similar to normal people in so many ways, in like in terms of the TV programs. But then there's just something like less charming. Yeah, about it. Do you get what I, I agree. Mean? I don't I know agree. what it is. Maybe it's because we haven't got Daisy Jones's fringe. I don't know. <laughs> that really made normal people. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no Donald's chain either, and I'm also not attracted to any of the characters. No, there's, so that's probably something to do with it mm. as well. They're just less likable, and in the book. Um, the main character isn't likable but I think on screen she's even less so I I don't know Mm. anywho I digress tell me about a book that you have loved this month Jessica okay just like you May has been good May has also gone really fucking fast I can't believe it like how many books have I read this month let me just get out my little list yeah nine I don't really remember when I got to them all, like, because it's gone so quickly. Crazy. But looking at this list, I am going to talk about People Person by Candice Carty-Williams, 
which is Ooh. a book that really took me by surprise. Yeah. You'll recognize the author's name from her first book, Queenie, which took the world by storm when it was released a few years ago. Um, so just to recap on Queenie slightly, because it kind of informs what I think a lot of people think about this yeah. book and also like a bit about this book. So Queenie is, um, we follow a woman in her 20s who's like kind of got no... I don't know if direction is the right word, but she's like not really motivated in her job. She's mm. she's got good friends and she sort of puts them all together in this like WhatsApp group and they're called the Corgis because she's called Queenie. And <laughs> it's about how like men, and it's because she doesn't respect herself, men don't really respect her. And it's about like the black British experience. And it's a fabulous, really, really readable book. It's so, so good. And I think a lot of people, it comments a lot on, mental health as well and I think a lot of people will be kind of shocked at the the route that people person takes okay I love that so people person is sorry about um a man called Cyril who has five children by four different women Mm. all within a few kind of years of each other and the book starts off by introducing Cyril and he goes to pick up his kids one by one or two of them are they have the same mum picks them all up and takes them for an afternoon I think it's like Clapham Common or something and it's the first time they've ever found out about each other oh, or right. met each other and he just was like I'm gonna pick up all my kids and we're all gonna be together and they spend an afternoon <laughs> together and then he drops them all back and then they don't see each other again <laughs> for like years he like doesn't ever do that again but when they leave okay. the oldest sister sort of says well, we are all siblings, so like we should all be there for each other if we ever need. And then they all go off about their separate ways. And our main character, I didn't really, really I thought that maybe Cyril was going to be the main character. And I was like, okay, I'm ready for a, a family driven book that's kind of slow and paced. Mm-hmm. And I love those types of books. Yeah. And then we meet Dimple in the present day, who is, I think she's like the the second youngest sibling maybe uh-huh. and she thinks she's an influencer and I say she thinks she is because she constantly like v- do video updates about her life like the first time we met her, she's like telling all her followers about how her and her boyfriend have broken up but she actually like has she doesn't really have loads of followers she's <laughs> just sort of like acting like she is and like she yeah. orders she orders stuff online and then like pretends that she's been sent it for free and and stuff like that so that's dimple she's very sort of immature, very self-obsessed. And we learn that more and more about her in the book. And her abusive boyfriend, she's trying to break up with him and he strangles her. Oh, wow. Um, Did not see that coming. Yeah. And so while he's strangling her, she's sort of like fighting back a bit. And so the next thing I'm going to say is the shocking thing. And it's not in the blurb, but I don't think it's a spoiler to say okay. what it is because it happens so early on and really oh, right. like the okay. spoiler would be if I told you the outcome at the end okay. and so what happens is that she breaks free from him and then from where she's been cooking earlier she got a bit of like cooking oil on the floor and this boyfriend slips in the cooking oil and bashes his head and is knocked unconscious and is bleeding from the head okay. so she's like oh I've killed him <laughs> oh fuck I hate it when that happens <laughs> doesn't know who to turn to so calls that sibling that she met a 10 years ago they're all like in their 30s like either 30s or late 20s kind of thing now 
And then that sister calls all the other siblings and they all arrive at her house to help her deal with this dead body. Okay. They haven't seen each other in years. Um, And so they go to, they decide they're going to wrap him up and they're going to bury him in this like building site that's nearby. So they take him there, they're digging the hole and they look around the body's gone. And they're like, <laughs> was he not dead? Like, where's he gone? And so He's as you can see, it's very different to Queenie. And it's more along the lines okay. of like, how to kill your family. Finley Donovan is killing How to it. kill like, your friends. Yeah. <laughs> All, All those of kind of genre. ones that I love. Yeah. Um, it's a bit more like that, but still doesn't feel too thrillery. It's very, very interesting. Like and I really enjoyed it. Um, and like you say, none of what you've just said is a spoiler. No, because what then happens at the beginning like of the book? How the siblings are all then like, In what do together. we do? Where is he? Is he going to come back? Oh, is if he comes back, is he going to remember what's happened? What and like you know, yeah, there's like blackmailing and like lots of other bits to it. But it's okay. also the whole time about the family and like they all go to a birthday party and the dad is there and like the dad is kind of dad mm. that like asks them for money and even though he'd given okay. them nothing in their life so it's it's really good balance of this interesting family I dynamic see. and this really dramatic yeah. situation that they can't tell anyone about god that yeah that does sound really interesting it's really good I got through it so quickly just like Queenie because she's got such a good writing style and again it touches on like mental health and what it's like to be black you know there's a there's a point when they've got the dead body in the car and they're like right the two black brothers can't sit up front because that that looks suspicious even without a dead body in, in the back oh, of the car God. and like they're so like even though they what they are doing is criminal but yeah but not out of choice yeah but like and it really comments really well like almost subtly but it's yeah there the whole way through which is what what her makes a lot of her work so great isn't it yeah. because they are social commentaries and yeah just make you uh, consider uh, if you are not a person of color an experience that's different to yours just sort of opens your eyes doesn't exactly it? and she does it so well and hi hi Reco. I absolutely loved Love it that. I think I actually preferred it to Queenie in the end oh wow and I, don't, I feel like nobody else will but I really do <laughs> <laughs> wow so if yeah. you have read it and you've also read Queenie let us know what one yeah. oh, you preferred um God, yeah, it has been a really good reading month, hasn't it? Whilst you were talking, I just quickly looked on my phone to see how many books I've read this month. I've also read nine this month, which was touch and go for a while because this month has been so busy. But I did read a lot on audio. I listened to quite a few on audio this month because I knew I was going to be so busy that I needed to have a book to listen to on the go so that every minute was utilised, which was a great decision. So Jess, you are going on holiday in a week. Hallelujah. Yep. I was supposed to go first of April, avoided COVID for two years, got COVID right when I was supposed to go on holiday. Oh, so now oh, we're going postpone trip. <laughs> um, what books are you taking? I don't think we've discussed this yet. Oh, good one. Um, I've separated out a little pile that I've started and I'm sure way more are going to be added to it. I'm also think I'm going to take them all in my hand luggage because I'm scared that this will be the trip when the first ever time when my suitcase goes missing that's got all my reading material on there. Is you there any other reading? Suitcase got missing for that from their holiday a couple See? of weeks ago. And I what the fuck am I gonna do? I don't have any books. I think I'm gonna genuinely carry them all in my hand. 
Does but anyone else be... do that? If you do, please let us know. <laughs> I don't think anyone else does that, Jeff. Um, also, like no one else probably takes books. They just take a Kindle, don't they? Yeah, or like spark, they buy at the airport. At the airport, like, well, yeah, that's books. true. Yeah. Um, but no, I am going to take The Maid by Nita Prose, which I'm absolutely Ooh, terrified yeah. to read because it sounds exactly like my kind of book. It's a bit like Eleanor Oliphant vibes about like a maid a hotel maid um and I've seen people that really really loved it and people that have said it hasn't lived up to the hype for me okay. so I'm I'm very scared about where I'm gonna sit Ooh, on the spectrum yeah because I should really love it but what if what if it isn't actually that great because I've yeah. like fallen out of love a bit with thrillers and I'm like oh, is this a thriller like I don't yeah know. um I'm taking dry spell by Claire Chambers Claire Chambers is the author of um, her most famous book is Small Pleasures, which was longest for Women's Prize last year, which mm-hmm. I really loved. And I read um, another one of her books in October. And so I'm going to take this one with me. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm taking Carrie Soto <laughs> is back, which is Taylor Jenkins read new book that's coming out in August. And another Carrie, Carrie Soto features in Malibu Rising. And it's about a retired tennis star and I can't fucking wait. Um, so that's it so far. I'm, I'm, it's my birthday next week, as we said. So I've sent out a wish list to family members. And so I'll probably be taking some of them with me as well. Yeah. And quite a few people have asked you to share that list as well. So I will share the list, but I'm not going to share the link. Like I don't want people to buy me presents that don't know me. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Just yeah. like the, the No, the I'll names. tell them what's on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, it's all it's all kicking off, and so we are recording a few podcast episodes before I go because the time I go actually encompasses like two. Yeah, she's leaving me. Yeah, I wasn't invited on this holiday. Not this one. <laughs> but Lauren got it. Said, the other the other day, she was like, "Jess, I think that we should do a day trip to Paris." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, uh, okay." <laughs> I live by that. I think it would be a really, yeah. really great thing to do. So stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. That might happen. We might be going on that other day together. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then like, subscribe, leave a rating and review. It costs nothing but it genuinely means the world to us and next week our monthly newsletter will be hitting your inboxes so if you haven't subscribed yet then please do as you'll get a monthly rundown of the things we've been recommending um, that you might have missed so sign up at www.bookrecos.com see you next week we'll be here